0: Hi,
1: everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis. Thank you so much for joining us today, for taking time out of your busy day to listen into this podcast. And we hope that today you are going to gain some great knowledge and it was all worth it. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to our guest today. David Licken is a 47-year veteran. You beat me. I'm telling you, it's not very often I find someone who's beat me. I'm I'm at 40.
2: Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. So I just I had a birthday so I crossed over to another you know, we're at we're at 48 now so for 40 yeah. years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. Um, I'm not saying 50. I'm telling you that right now. I won't be saying 50. Uh, he's a 47-year veteran in the mortgage industry. He's a founder, president, and chief transformational officer of Transformational Mortgage Solutions, or TMS. He and his team of industry veterans are transforming the way mortgage industry does business. And really what he does is he helps consult and and coach and um, various C-suite companies, you know, to start their business, manage their business, exit their business, work on marketing, all kinds of pieces pieces of that that we're going to be talking about today. Um, and he has a podcast called Lickin' on Lending, <laughs> which I love. And I'm going to be on the show shortly, so you'll yes. want to pop over to Lickin' on Lending. We'll have a link to that. Um, and it's uh, Lickin' on Lending, and he talks about um, leadership all the time so welcome to the show we're happy to have you david i'm so excited to have this opportunity to speak with you
2: thank you jen it's an honor to be here and k- kudos to the success of your podcast you are nailing it
1: oh yeah Well <laughs> it's been a while huh nine years nine years we're barking on nine years for this crazy podcast but awesome. uh you know i love doing it i love sharing stories and i and things change you know thank goodness our market changes What is it? What is it always that uh, Brian Buffini always says principles don't change, but strategies and tactics do. And that's one of the things that we're talking about here today. Um, And I really want to hone in on and we can go in any direction, you know, that you want in a few minutes here, but I really want to hone in on what's going on with hiring and recruiting and things like that right now in the market, because as we're recording this, this is very timely. This is the time of year. A lot of people shift jobs in September, October, November. Uh, some people are chasing rates. Some are looking for better culture. Some are just uh, it's a lull right now in business. Well, I say that here in in Northern Virginia, because August is known as Paris. Well, it's Paris in in D.C. Everybody goes to Paris and um, they just go. And so there's not nobody around in, in this time of year. So I want to talk a lot about this recruiting piece of things, even for those that are listening that are team leaders, right? Those that are regional managers and even our real estate agents, you know, about teams is, um uh, especially right now with the volume dropping there are a lot of mortgage companies that are laying off people and i think people think well that's great it's like fish you know shooting fish in a barrel but but we have to remember that the first to go is the lowest person on the totem pole so let's talk a little bit about that but before we do I'd, I'd like like mm-hmm. for you to share a story mm. in your 47 year career of a time we we laughed in the green room about some speaking stuff right but A time in in your career that you can remember a client or a situation that can uplift us today because it was a funny story or it was somebody that you really helped.
2: Yeah, there's so many wonderful stories. There's the Movement more Mortgage Story, which is just south of you down there. Casey Googled how to start a mortgage company. Believe it or not, that's how he started his company. And he found me. We helped him build that. But I think some of the funny stories of that's what actually happened to me. And I think these are important for people to understand. I think the most important thing we understand is find out who we are, why we're doing it, and find out who we are. I have dyslexia, Jen. And so when I started in the Ah. mortgage and as a, as a banker, yeah. I struggled adding up a column of numbers and getting the same answer twice. It wasn't that I was dumb or anything like that, but I just, the numbers moved on the page. How can you add up a column of numbers if the numbers switch back and forth? <laughs> so that finally the compliance department had a real issue with it. And they came out to, they, they talked to the president of the bank who had hired me, come out and they said, we need to fire this guy. He just is, he's a train wreck. And they said, but he's our top producer. In fact, he is a top producer all over in three counties here. And uh, it doesn't matter. He's, a liability you know when compliance starts talking it's always they don't always come with it from the right perspective so anyway he he came into the pressure and he's really conflicted on this. We stopped at a friend of his, now his friend had a master's degree in business from the university of Washington. This is up in the Seattle area. And, uh, the president of the bank had a friend who he, he had the master's, but he loved autos. So he worked on an auto body business. So he says, Hey, I'm really conflicted. Can I can see you? I said, I'm going to let go of one of our top salespeople. And he says, why are you doing that? He says, he can't add up a column of numbers to get the same answer twice. He's driving compliance crazy. And the guy goes, how good is he? He says, well, he's like really, really good. He's our top producer. And He says, You're about ready to make your competitors day. He says, I know I'm feeling bad enough about this. What would you do? He says, Let's see what the problem is again. He can't up column and numbers, but he's really good at sales. He goes, Yeah, you are. And he said to the president of the bank, You're an idiot. You can't figure this one out. He says, Hey, don't need to be insulted. I'm already feeling badly. He says, I would buy him a car, I'd get him three assistants and tell him he can never touch another column of numbers ever again. Yeah. hire to your, hire to your weakness, Weaknesses. operate to your strength. Yeah. And that was, and so it's one of those things. So he came out, I thought he was coming out to give me a prize or a bonus or something. Cause I was doing so well. He told me later, I came out to fire you, but I talked on the way here. I stopped and came up with this epiphany that we need to surround you with people. So the bank changed their policy. They got a company car for me and the, everyone else loved it because they got company cars couldn't do for one what they couldn't do for what they wouldn't do for others. So right. the, is I think when we look at sometimes what is challenging us. And I think when you I, I say that to those that are hiring, you say, this guy has this issue or this gal has that issue. I think you need to take a look, a deeper look. And yeah, but what is their superpower? What is the thing that they're really, really good at, Jen? And I love that's what you talk about a lot on your podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I can tell you there's, I mean, there's just been so many times that, you know, I've hired. I mean, not hired, but I haven't hired, I've been hired by mortgage, you know, loan officers and team leaders. And they, they just want to get rid of their whole team because they, they are all terrible. They're all, you know, and I call matter of fact, I just typed this in something that I was uh, filling out something for. And I said, you know, so often um, we are finger pointing and not thumb pointing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're pointing at other people. They're wrong. They're awful. You know, in your case, you know, he's stupid. He should like be let go. He can't do this. Instead of thumb pointing at ourselves and saying, so what is, you know, again, their superpower, but maybe they're just in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. They could be in the right company, but maybe in the wrong position. They could be on the right team, but maybe in the wrong position. Or someone has enabled them so they aren't growing. They're afraid that's
2: to that's grow. A
0: that's a big one. <laughs> and I think instead really- of power. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think you hit on a really big one there. The number one is enabling. I think we see a lot of people afraid of losing the salespeople. I think the biggest fear, mistake someone can have is afraid of losing their people. Yeah, we as res, In that environment, when you have that mindset, I'm afraid of losing. He may not be the biggest producer or he is the biggest producer. Either way, they're afraid of losing whatever loan officers they have. And I say, that's creating a blind spot. First of all, giving you the wrong perspective, giving them the wrong perception about you. You're afraid of leaving them. Is that what we fear, we often times bring on ourselves. Right. So I look at this from the standpoint of you need to be challenging people, challenge the best person, challenge, obviously the weaker ones, but challenge the best ones because when you have when you are working for someone that is going to improve your game gen again, the reason for the success of your podcast, you do this because you wanted to help lift people up. People are like elevators, they either take you up or take you down. That's something Marsha Davies said, who's at the NBA. Yeah, I love that yeah. in an interview. So, I think what what are you doing to lift people up and challenge them to, to achieve more? People yeah. will say, even though they get offered more money. When the person that is taking the most care of them is that's where they'll go to work. That's where they'll stay.
1: Well, and the same side of that, the other the flip side of that, because we know there's some statistics out there for millennials, they'll leave for less money because they're because someone appreciates them and the culture, you know, or they're getting advancement. Personally, they have a personal, you know, goal. So I want to let's talk about this for a minute. So, okay, before we dive into some of the tactical things, because I want to talk to you about some of the process and this, that, and the other. What I want to ask you about is um, what your take is right now with all the layoffs that are happening. And you know, it's funny because my clients are now hiring. Right. And I'm certainly guiding them on the precautions with this, but the good things. But what is your take on what's happening now? Is this the opportunity for people uh, to bring some people on, use this downtime to do some quality training, use this downtime to do an extended interview process, use this downtime to do some uh, lead indicator, you know, uh, actionable items? What's your take on what we should be doing today?
2: Well, first of all, there is certainly a lot of operational people being let go, not as many people are letting go of weaker loan officers or loan officer generally. Now, the weaker ones, because of cost, if you're occupying a chair and you're sucking air and cost out of the company, you should be let go at risk of that. I think it's what we measure is oftentimes what gets the tension on. And I think right. some people measure the wrong thing. They measure volume. I'll never forget, Jen, I was coaching and consulting to a company in Midtown, New York. And every time I go into a cons- firm and I get, do a lot of consulting, we help a lot of brokers become bankers. We help bankers grow to do grow and get into more sophisticated positions in the market. And, th- and every time they walk me around and they love introducing Me to their top loan officer. Every time I meet them, I put it back in the back of my mind. I draw a bullseye on that guy, and I go, I doubt that person is the most profitable person in the company. I think we look (laughs) at the high producers, we look at the wrong number. So, as a hiring production manager, I always challenge everyone: says, "What is how profitable are they going to be to your operation?" I just hung up earlier on a, a call with a head of production for an East coast based right there in the Virginia area. That is a well-established company. I'd say their name, but I don't have their permission to do so. So I want to be so cautious. I'm sure you'd love that. But the problem is, is that they're looking at profitability. And that is the biggest single issue affecting the entire industry. We're going to see this quarter for the first time in many, many a uh, number of years, we're going to see that we're going to be in negative territory. We're going to be, yeah. lo- the mortgage industry is losing money. We're on a negative basis points, the net basis points profit.
1: Well, and we were hanging on by our fingernails on a ledge just yeah. from the squeezing of, you know, the cost per loan already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the other thing is we were looking at this. We The reason our in cost got so high is because the rate at which we had such an extraordinary expansion of our market, an extraordinary expansion. So we hired to that. And you touched on something earlier when I was talking that I want to touch on real poorly. I think we paid up big time. In the operational area, we were paying up to 150% more than we would normally pay for an underwriter. Right, when you right. look at that, now this is the time, Jen, for, I'm telling everybody that owns a company, be looking at uh, the cost of your operational people. There, you, you may have someone who's good but not great, but you're mm-hmm. paying a lot because you brought them in in this last cycle and you're paying way too much. I, I mean, this is business. And I think anyone that goes for the big money and changes jobs, jumps around for the just to always get the more money. They're short sighted because when you get into this kind of market, that's what puts a bullseye at you is you're the most expensive underwriter or the most expensive loan officer or whatever. Uh, This is a game where more and more people are looking at costs. What do we need to do to reduce costs?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you know part of that is just you know the the structure of how companies you know hire is that it, it's all about the the salary rather than the other parts parts of what is beneficial for that person. Is it upward growth? Is it the culture? Is it the community involvement? Is it the, you know some other piece? Because people will, it's sticky. People will, will stay with the company with less money just for some of that stickiness that they appreciate, you know, even just the simple appreciation, just saying that they appreciate someone in front of a group. Oh, that's good. And I hate to be so coy like that, but it's like, you know, if you just, you know, in public say, by the way, I just want to give a round of applause for Jen. You know, she went out of the way and did this, that and the other. And it's like, whoo, they're good for another month and a half. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, it's also interesting. Every study that that has ever been done, do you know where compensation falls on a scale of one to 10, one being the most important, 10 being the least important? Do you think, where does compensation, that your your focus is on? I would say
1: it's probably seven or eight.
2: It is. That's yeah. really good. Well, that's because you understand this. concept. <laughs> yeah. Often people say, oh no, that may be true for the other parts of it, other parts of the company, but it's even as much so, if not more so for originators, because originators are not just interested in what they're making now. There's co- who is helping me grow. Who is yeah. challenging me to grow? Who is making me a better loan originator? Yeah. I could transfer over and get recruited away to another company. And that environment may be toxic. The type of people they have. Yeah. The systems in- are
1: bad. My reputation gets down the down the drain. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things to consider. Yeah, and and that's for those that are in the long haul. And I think you know, just like anything in in any industry, eighty percent of the people, right, are twenty percent of the you know are call are causing this trouble. And this is where we we all believe. And I'm glad we're talking about that because this is part of that hiring process. Is you know what to pay and how to pay. And we don't, of course, want to tell everybody there's thousand ways you can pay. You can pay. It's flat fees, lower salaries. It doesn't matter. There's a thousand ways that you can pay. What you need to do is find out what they, that trigger is for the person that you're hiring.
2: And what it's, what, what, when you look at triggers too, and they will throw out things oftentimes as money, mm-hmm. but when you really start digging, you get to know the person and you understand what, how they're wired, their history, what they've come yeah. through. Oftentimes, like I think the heroes in the world, as far as I'm concerned, are single moms and they make wonderful, amazing loan officers. And the reason I'm so grateful to be in an industry where we can empower working moms, single moms, is because what they can do is make so much money if they know how to manage their time. And they're usually pretty good at managing your time because they have so much. They're they
1: organized. To,
2: they're so organized. Yes. So I think looking at that, when you listen, if I was recruiting someone, I found I'm recruiting a single mom, it may come up as money, but I'm going to say, I'm going to be here to make sure you have the time to support your family, be there for your kid and kids in a way that is more important to them. And I heard took the time to hear what the bigger need is. It just won't always assume uh, about that. There's one great story about that point, Jen, I will share with you one time. There was a guy who was recruiting, I'll make it real quick. Guy was recruiting the top, top person at another company. And that person had been there like 23 years. And that person, and was happened to be a, a top, female that he was trying to recruit away from this guy and this two people that worked together again for 23 years. He took the time to listen. And one time at a conference or at one of the events he asked her, so what's the thing that's most frustrating to you? She says, Oh, I live in a nice area, but are my, I access my garage from the alley and, the, and he says it makes me nervous and I don't have a garage door. He yeah. went, he had just done a loan for a garage door opening company. He went and had, how much would it cost to put a garage door in with his company? Less if,
1: than a thousand dollars. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was less than a thousand dollars. And he delivered to her, his, her desk, a Tiffany box with a garage door opener in it. Says, <laughs> and he delivered it to her. She gave notice that day because wow. Yeah. The time to find out what is going on in her life, what was the most yeah. important thing to her. And Nail it. Made her move. Because yeah. when we speak to people's hearts, Jen, when we speak to the heart, not just of the pocketbook, that's when we move and change lives.
1: Yeah. And I love that. I know a story. I have a colleague. His name is Jeff Hoffman. He's the founder of uh, Priceline and, and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Um, but he and he is actually my mentor, but he has a story like that, too. And he talks about, you know, the five questions you should ask in an interview and and the ones that really dig deep and these are really really important questions but one of the, one of the questions um and i don't recall the question right now i have it written down somewhere but the question that he asked was about their goals because one of the things that we tend to do is where do you see yourself in one year three year five year which is so, it's almost like you know how long do you plan to live in your house right because why are you asking the question well because someone else asked the question so i think i'm supposed to ask the question So instead of asking like that, he goes, what are your personal goals? What are you trying to accomplish in your life and in your career? And one of the things that this person wanted to do is that his goal was to buy his mother a house. She Mm -hmm. had always rented, always been a renter, and he wanted to buy her a house and help her buy a house. And that was his goal. So every time Jeff saw him, he thought, "How, how close am I helping him get there?
2: That's good. And how
1: often do we do that? I mean, we we just we interviewed everybody. We ask a bunch of questions. We write it down. We know the answer at the moment, but we don't go back and listen and internalize it.
2: Another think- way to re- Another way to reframe that question that I've used in, over the years is this: is what do you What are your values? Mm-hmm. What do you value? There's mm-hmm. some people that have a strong judeo-christian values and, yeah. and being in an environment that's more frat house-ish may not fit there's <laughs> right. that are more of the frat house kind of people and they go we have this fun atmosphere and i have clients in both spectrums and they're yeah they're, they're both special and i think it's taking the time to find out what people value what is the thing that's most important to, and you mentioned millennials do you know the number one thing that's most interesting their ability to travel being able to have time and money to travel and yeah. be able to have free time yeah
1: and number 2 is community involvement making an impact in the world and yep. i think that, that yeah that's super important and also don't you agree that what's important now you know this is the first time in history that we have five generations in the workplace at the same yep. time it's so important for leaders to understand what the needs are of each one of those age oh, demographics that's such,
2: good, that's such a good point it is such yeah. an important thing we use we we do the one apply one is applicable for all and that is just could not be further from the truth so it's so yeah. important especially as we bring the younger millennials in gen yeah. z they they have a different set of uh, uh, values and yeah. it's whether we understand them
1: yeah i think that's really important and it, that's funny that you mentioned that because i had someone who said well i treat everybody the same and i go oh, well there's your problem <laughs> there's your problem you can't treat everybody the same yeah everybody's different okay so let's let's talk a little bit about um Some of the, I guess, okay, let's go with what not to do or what pitfalls should you be looking for as you're hiring people that have been laid off someplace else and, you know, and they may come in and they may or may not be naysayers and, you know, bad dog their company or whatever, but, but what are some of the, the signs that people could be looking for, if they're looking to hire a new loan officer assistant, there's a lot of people who are doing that saying, look, processes got laid off. Maybe they want to go into that side of things. Now, of course they came from high income to now low income and benefits, right? So Uh what are some, what are some red flags we should, we should be looking for right now that you're seeing and, and consulting people on?
2: Well, I think the number one thing is people's attitudes. What? And so, one of the things that I always like to hear what did someone learn from their last experience, whether it was a successful experience or wasn't a successful experience?
1: Instead so, of tell me about a bad experience you had. Yeah,
2: okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, a lot of it, I mean, I actually yeah. know some people that hire, they say, Boy, it sounds like you were just in a horrible environment. They try to invite the person into a bit of a complaining session. And yeah, they want yeah. see if they bite on that, because they know every company has those people that'll run around and ask you the questions, the answer. bait you for a negative answer. Yeah. This particular person that I watched do that, him do that in one of his hiring interviews. And it was brilliant. And he says, I'm not wanting to get them to make it, but I want to find out if their car, how their car steals. We all take our hands off the wheel. If we have our car properly aligned, it should go slightly veer slightly into the right
0: mm-hmm. side of
2: the, then go to the next lane to the right. Again, a theory, assuming that there's a ditch there. Not another, car. Right. <laughs> but the concept is how does their vehicle steer when their hands are not? In other words, when they're in a natural relaxed state, do yeah. they tend to a negative or they go uh, it was a negative there was a bad environment that's why i'm here sitting with you i did not like this particular thing and and I'm, I'm it is what it is and and they they make an allowance for why that company exists and why that is but they didn't buy in on the negativity so for number one is i think the biggest thing that we all have to watch out for and as we bring in new people is is there any amount of toxicity any yeah attitude because it's like a cancer gen. You know this, you have a great attitude. You talk about this in your podcast. And I think it's so important that we bring in people that foster and grow our cultures and what our mission and values are. And is there good alignment? I would rather hire someone who's not as good as a producer, but has a good alignment than someone who is a top producer with a bad attitude with a bad attitude yeah i just don't need it
1: i totally agree you can't train people on uh customer experience you can't train people you know on being helpful those types of things but you can train them the mechanics and of course in this industry of course you can because none of us went to school to be a mortgage person
2: no very few very few of any (laughs) i Well, I've met a couple. Bill Cosgrove said he actually went into this business to become a loan officer. He met with well someone. to
1: become, but but you know they didn't go to school. There's not a class. No, 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 that, that's right.
2: There, that, yeah, there's that, no that,
1: class in school. Thank God for you what know?
2: the MBA is doing, trying to educate as many of us and provide great programs. <laughs> but that's there is not. There's not a university out there that has a no, career. not at that's all, a, yeah. not
1: at all. So you know this begs a question um, about you know, hiring and disc profiles and things like that. You at, you happen to mention about what happens when your hands off the steering wheel. So, you know, that's adaptive and natural styles and disc profiling. How much of a role do you think that plays? I know every company does it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even though they're not supposed to before hiring um, every company does it and they get it and they file it.
2: So the question is, <laughs> is it good right. or is it not good? Right. Well, here here's the reality there's this thing called attunement that we learn it's the first skill that we as a humans pick up on a baby reads its mother or whoever its caregiver is that's right there and is learning is she on or she and paying attention to me or not right so we are all profiling everybody whether it be the grocery clerk the right. Yeah, you know, the the waitress or waiter at the restaurant, the flight attendant. It, I mean, we all profile. Yeah. I want to know that they're all very, very, very analytical and calm. I want that's what I wanted to pilot. Yeah. I'm becoming a pilot. My wife thinks it's not such a good idea because <laughs> I'm more of an A personality, emotive. Well, if you person. like
1: checklists, you're yeah. gonna love
2: it. <laughs> I love checklists. I do believe there's a. That yeah. they're doing so bad. But the point of it is is this. I think we need to make sure that we are getting insights into people. Most people can figure out someone's personality if they work on it, whether it's a, it's done through a scientific means. I happen to like the Berkman assessment. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. The, the all of them are good. Myers briggs they're all excellent, excellent. But the Berkman measures where you go under stress. There yes. for the longest time, Jen, I have an, a sanguine, outgoing, bubbly personality that's going strong. Until the last, that, that crunched every month where we are got to get a lot done and then stress shows up and I go choleric. I go to a cleric, command control, army general. And you go like, look in, what happened to the friendly fun guy, this a-hole that's showing up right now isn't so much fun. Well, it's because I'm in stress. I think it's important that we know not only what yeah. our usual behavior is, but we also measure where our stress levels, and it'll take some surprises out of the hiring process. Oh, you're that kind of person under stress. I think that's a valuable insight.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I know who I am under stress. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> that is for <laughs> sure. I become very German. That's all so I'm going to say. Very German. <laughs> do this. Do that. Do this. Yeah. Do that. You did that's it. Well. Let's, look it. Let's look at it. Let's look a, at it. Let's
2: look at it. Classic yeah. cleric personality. In yeah. Oh
1: yeah, because I just want to dive in and get it done. Let's. Okay. Yeah. No get messing around. We're yeah. going to get it done. Right. Yeah. And so, so that was uh, yeah. I believe
2: believe in a certain degree, profiling is, profiles are good. Profiling is bad. It's uh, meditation, right? (laughs) Um, But profiling beginning, I'm beginning understanding of someone, how someone's wired helps you manage them. Now I have one client that measures the top uh, dozen or so people in their company. It's a large company. And they interview the bottom line. They said, it's not scientific for whatever reason, this type of person does better at our company. Now, that is hiring and using this tool intelligently. It's a behavioral science approach. And so they go, we don't know, this may this person may work better somewhere else. Yes. So before they even start the interview, they do go through a disc profile and that they will only interview those that are closer to that, which happens to be a, a personality profile that matches what they're experiencing as success at their company for whatever reason.
1: Well, and this is what I was talking about earlier about sometimes people are just in the wrong position. Sometimes you put, you know, a dominating go getter, you know, type of person into a position that you know of being your your receptionist. Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. It doesn't work.
1: work. That doesn't work. Don't sit there.
0: Nope. How come uh, you left
1: this here? Yeah, you have to be really careful of that. Um, yeah, I think that that's important. Okay. So so what are some other flags? So one is one is toxic toxicity. What is another flag that, that we should be looking right at? at? Or a question that that people could be asking him, okay, you got let go. Why did you let get, get low? Why <laughs> I, I, why did you I just invert that? That is hilarious.
2: <laughs> that's a dyslexic. I do that all I the know. time. The I know. At, yeah.
1: it, it's yeah. uh my it's funny, my daughter-in-law is she's a ma- she has a master's degree in in this and now i can't think of the name of what it's called but it's funny how you can reverse words so fast mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know so how did you get let go yes.
0: yeah. okay. <laughs> it's
1: probably not the best word yeah. thing to ask but
2: no, but another thing what you can do is say, ex- tell me what you learned at this last experience. Yeah. It, it I mean, was it a You can ask, was it a successful experience or unsuccessful? Mm-hmm. And you can find questions. When you ask questions that show concern as mm-hmm. to what happened there without judgment, here's the way, however mm-hmm. you oh, ask yeah, the yeah. question, make sure there's not judgment in that question. That's yeah. the most important thing. And the other thing that I'm looking for, other than toxicity, that's an easy one, is work ethic. Mm-hmm. I will, I love... You know how infectious it is, Jen. When you come around someone who has an amazing work ethic, it yeah. it 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 lifts. Like yeah. Everybody in the whole company, they go. That person may not be the top producer, but. They outwork everybody. And even the ones that are doing well, it helps. So I, I don't want lazy people. I don't want people that don't have a sense for process. I look at all those things that contribute to a good work ethic. There's a lot of spinning of cycles. So I like to understand about someone's process. Mm-hmm. What, when you take a loan application, when you are out originating or when you're out calling doing sales, what is a process that works better for you and why? That's another yeah. great question.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good one, and so that brings me to another question. In fact, I had process written down here, <laughs> okay. so that's good. Um, I just crossed it out. I don't have to ask that question now. That's a question, a good question um, about the work ethic and the and the process too. How often do you think a team leader, manager, regional? How, I don't. You can scale it if you want, but how often do you feel that they should be meeting with their team members?
2: Oh, I I, I think it, it was a number, it was um Sam Moulton that says management by wandering around. JC Penney had that same thing. Mm-hmm. I think there should be an always a sense that I'm in touch with. And in tune with it comes to attunement, so there has to be some level of that going on constantly. Mm-hmm. Now, the actual formal meetings, I believe that uh, if you're if you're coaching people, and so I have three levels. Let me give you the three levels. So There's Rip, Pip, and Pop. Are you ready for this?
1: Okay. Rip, Pip, and Pop. Because I I have some acronyms for mine too. This is so funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Rip okay. is Rest in Peace. You're doing so well. We're not going to coach you. If you want a meeting, call me and we'll have a meeting. It's the person that is truly at the upper rarefied air. Yeah, leave them alone. Pip is- Be there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Make sure you pay attention to them so they don't get recruited away because they've got, they're getting a lot of phone calls, yeah. but make sure you're plugging into them, encourage them. What is their love language? That's another thing we look at is love languages. Yeah. and find What is the thing is that giving a gift Is the words of affirmation, words of appreciation yeah. made for me, like I'm, I'm words of affirmation and give me a hug. Is this like that floats my boat? Yeah. Um, giving a gift. Like I forget to get Oh, terrible like that. We have lots of room. Thank God for reminders as uh, for a gift giving, but yeah. here's, I and mean, it's make sure you pay, pay pay attention to the most important one is where the vast majority of our loan originators sit is in the personal improvement, PIP personal yeah. improvement plan. Yeah. Everybody should be on that. I know some people that are in the up in the rest of the yeah. piece that get upset yeah. that they're not included in the PIP plan are getting good because the best one to improve Always. But, yeah. improvement, man. And that's where the vast majority of your people will sit probably yeah. as much as a 70 to 80% of your people sit in a personal improvement plan. Now, if you are not succeeding in that, you roll into the last one. That's the pop. Produce or perish. Yeah. <laughs> produce or perish. And
1: I so love I, that you're saying produce because I always say pooper get off the pot. I'll just say yeah, it the yeah. way I said it, I know that's where you well, were.
2: at. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't have grandkids yet. Where our kids are old enough, so I have kids, Oh yeah,
1: uh, my grandkids. But, oh yeah.
2: yeah you Good. got grandkids. We can't wait for that day. Uh we we started our family late, so we're waiting for grandkids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't wait for that I day. Love I love it. Produce but,
1: or but, perish. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And and you're right. Um. So I did something all the time. Every month, I did something called a plan. And review.
2: Mm, that's we good.
1: Plan and review every, and month,
2: every month. See, that's a good. Every that's month, a good formula.
1: We're just going to meet. We're just going to. Hey, how are things going? Are you on track? Are we on track? Are we supporting you? Do you need any help? Do you need any suggestions? You know, I noticed a trend here. How are things going? You know, all of that. And then we would move if we into your pop. <laughs> we moved into C and Cs, which are coaching and counseling.
2: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. What's
1: great about it is that if you have regular pips like you're suggesting yeah. if you have regular pips then they will expect the pop yeah if it's going yeah. in a negative direction uh, it's easier for you to administer as a leader because now you're going well why are why are they calling me hey i need to talk to you tomorrow we well, haven't talked to me in like a year
0: no that's that's <laughs> right? that a good thing bad
2: it's
1: got to- bad leadership
2: Bad leadership. And there's a lot of that out there. They, they, they yeah. run and hide. And I, I think that another thing that I would encourage is an organization, have your company be a coaching company. What do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. It's like hey, where the top producers are coaching the ones that are struggling with yeah, it's like a big family. You know what I mean? They, when they used to have 12 kids, it's the older kids were changing the younger kids' diapers. It's yeah. we're all in this together. And when you create a mentoring program within a company, that can make such a difference. And you're you're awesome. And the other thing is there may be someone that's down in a PIP program that's working in some areas, but they have some wonderful traits. Let's talk about that one with a work ethic that is yeah. in performing as well. I will take that one and have that person do training. Yeah, on what their work ethic, their systems, their processes. So I think there's a lot of ways which we can yeah. and it, it, the nice part about that maybe because that yeah, the well, of, no,
1: and I, it, I mean, it's super it, critical. It, it,
2: yeah, yeah. And it eases out the workload. It takes the workload off of the production manager. I
1: absolutely, believe. Yeah, absolutely, and work that's one it. of the biggest, you know, pitfalls that a, a lot of producing managers have is yeah. that they don't have time to produce. So why call yourself a producing manager? Really, it's just a babysitting job, and um, yeah, so it does take some pressure off, but it does elevate the whole team because you're highlighting and spotlighting those that you know have great things. I'll tell you, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There was a company I'll keep it unnamed. That I was at for many years. And in fact, I was in the top 200 loan officers at the time that I was with this company. And I was recruited out of that company because um, I was a top producer woman and every sales meeting, they only had men stand up and give their sales ideas. And these were men that weren't in the top 200 loan officers.
2: No, I think when it comes to and I we, said goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think we just did an interview. I just did an interview with someone else who is a top a sales coach like yourself. And they quoted a lawsuit that's going on right now because there wasn't enough diversity where they got nailed for redlining because uh, they looked at the pale male and stale old, mm. old loan officers yeah. that were at yeah. the company. And they said, where's the diversity we have? you. You serve in markets. Where there is a strong minority presence of another ethnic group? Who are those people right. in your organization? And I think we need to be more and more aware in this ever growing, more sensitive, politically correct world that we need to be looking when we're hiring to make sure we have some good diversity in there. Yeah. Diversity can get taken. Too well, but far. then
1: use it too. Yeah. And not, use you know, it. It's not yeah. about just hiring it, but utilizing the skill set yes. within it as well. And I think that's you know, critical. Critical yep. for, for hiring. Okay. So so we've kind of addressed some of those red flags, not red flags, but just, you know, what to be looking for, what should be what questions we should be asking. Cause this is for everyone who's in here, you know, and knowing because one of the things we talked about in the green room also is what are companies looking for right now? Yeah. Because there may be people that are listening who have been laid off and said, well, I've got to ha- find a way to keep myself fresh. So I'm going to listen to Jen's podcast and keep myself fresh might, for a while, right? Easy, yeah. And that's a really good thing, even if you're not in sales, you know, because we talk about everything. What are some of the things that, that you're finding are trends in the higher, you know, C-suite level that they're looking for? Are they lean? Are they trying to go lean and mean? Are they um, saying, you know what, we don't even want to be lean? If something comes to us and we'll assess it and then look at it, where what's happening? Well, there,
2: there, there's the obvious thing that's going on where everyone's trying to grow and grow their production people and there's sign-in bonuses that are still being paid. Those are, <laughs> excuse $150, me. $150,000
1: signing bonus that yeah. I heard the
2: other day. Yeah, yeah. I I just saw We're another go over a million that. dollars paid out to someone. Well, what the loan officer doesn't realize is I'll pick whatever sign on bonus. They're paying for it. It's baked into their pricing.
1: Uh-huh. Did and that's you know. the part
2: is you go like you're financing your own sign-on bonus, yeah. and you wonder why your price is going to suck when you get yeah. your new rate sheet at this new place. Right, right. You got a million dollars in the bank. And right. I think there's a lot of short-sightedness. Yeah. So that that's one of the trends we're seeing. But yeah. there is a lot of attention going on. We, if you look at who is getting paid what in companies, I'm telling you a conversation that is really starting to. Simmer up from the sea level. It's coming down from above, or being it's yeah. it's is we're paying loan officers too. How much? And you go like, but salespeople, if I don't pay them, they're going to get stolen away. That comes back to a fear place right. based uh, management style. Right. I think the overall trend is we are going to see loan officers be able to produce more because of technology that's coming in. So if I'm a loan officer and I'm wanting to make sure that my value stays where I stay gainfully employed and continue to be making the maximum money, I'm going to be looking at what technology can I utilize to enable me to do more business, empower me to do more business. That is going to make you more valuable. Yes. Take the big bucks as long as they're there. Well, they're
1: extending the the payback period too. I mean, the three-year payback, you know, or the three-year uh, not non compete. Yeah. What's the word? I'm having a hard. Well,
2: there's a lot of non competes. If you could take. Oh them- yeah,
1: there's that there too. But I'm yeah. saying, you know, it's yeah. it's you know, you here's your 150 grand. But if you leave before three years, so you, you have know. to
2: pay it back. It's a recapture. It's I mean, recapture.
1: You to, yeah, you're your recapture.
2: Recapture. Yeah. Yeah. So you're locked into staying there, and, yeah. and bottom, especially when you paid off the things you bought in the last cycle, and you don't have the money in the bank. Um, I, I I tell you, I think people say, we just got a big sign-up bonus. I said, what did you do with it? Well, I paid off my house or I paid off my, you know, my watch, Lamborghini, my or my one, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they yeah. paid that off. I go, not a good choice. I would have left yeah. that money in the bank because what if you yeah. want to be, you find out the toxicity of this environment that you just moved into is not worth how many people get married and going, Oh my gosh, yeah. what I got dated and what I'm married. And there, I mean, I don't believe in divorce. I believe marriage should be thought through. And I think my life, it's a lifetime yeah. commitment. However, there are times where Divorce is absolutely appropriate, and there's a way you want to get out of some relationships. Take the money, stick it in the bank. You don't have to pay taxes on it, but stick it in the bank. <laughs>
0: right, minimize that. right.
1: So, and that, and that's about it. You know, it's almost like we need. You know, it's it's something. Uh, there's something about. I've actually, I've got a colleague. Uh, she's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um but she also happens to be a financial planner. So wow. she is I don't I don't even know. Was, maybe she's a psychological doctor, you know, phys, uh, philosophical yeah. or whatever, but but she does financial cures about keeping you healthy and wealthy, right? Keeping your wealth healthy. And we were talking about, you know, financial literacy versus financial not, you know, application, right? The application of it. So many people are so financially illiterate, even right. those that are in the mortgage space. And I know this because I was coaching, I'm coaching all the time, but I was coaching a couple of weeks ago and I introduced everybody to blended rate because we're mm-hmm. starting to see more HELOCs come in. And I go, do you know what blended rate is? People are like, I don't know because they've been around for 20 years, but we haven't done that for that long. Yeah. And um so I had to teach blended rate. Do you know what effective rate is now that rates are higher and you know the no. standardized deduction could be higher. And so now we want to pop into some um you so know, itemized deductions do you know how to do effective rate? uh no don't no. know how to it, do that right which, and so it's one thing to know but it's another thing to know how to apply it to
2: you're your bringing product. up a really really good point we have a whole crop of new people that have made a lot of money in yeah. these really robust good times yeah. if you couldn't make money in this business you were i don't know i don't want to be too insulting but yeah uh, right point of it is that we've had the best of times. Those skills, loan products, you know, adjustable rate mortgages, and looking at how you can do all the various buy-ups, buy-downs. These are skills that we need to get back. So I would tell you, if a hiring manager or a company is listening to this, man, make sure you're you're, taking, you're getting (laughs) classes on it. And if you're a loan officer going, I don't know what they're talking about, then ask. Yeah. There's a lot of great podcasts out there that do uh, do a lot of teaching and you do a lot you provide a lot of that information Jen so kudos to you for helping them. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I will I actually provide more of it in my Facebook group <laughs> because it's easier to administer. But yeah. 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 Um yeah because this is about you, not about me. <laughs> so I like All right. So, um as we kind of finish up our, our time today, what, um, what advice do you want to leave us with? What are some things that you'd like to share that are in your wheelhouse of, hey, this is my expertise. So I am going to tell everybody about my expertise real quickly here.
2: Well, I think it's something that you and I have in common, uh, years of the business uh, and all that. I, uh, I think that is one of the most common denominators of anyone who's been in the business. This industry is changing, Jen, as you know. And the most important thing is, what are you doing to educate yourself? Now, I'm an auditory learner, so I learn by listening. That's why podcasts are so important to me. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, more and more salespeople are auditory learners. My wife is a book reader. She she'll she'll print things off of the, the computer screen to read it, and it drives me crazy. All the toner we're going through. I
1: did, I did today. I printed a contract. I can't read it on the thing. I gotta print it, touch it.
2: Well, I don't read it. I take my Mac computer and I paint over it and hit, <laughs> let it talk to me. It reads it no, to me. No,
1: I gotta, I gotta touch it. Yeah, so no, touch I do it. that right on, on some things, not all things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I
2: think I think, but however, the point of it is, however, you're learning take the time to be constantly learning and go back and listen, I started another podcast called licking on leadership. And what I'm doing on that podcast is I'm going through and finding the old, old guys. I'm 72. I'm saying an old guy, they go, people like, don't you know, you're old. go. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't feel yeah. it. But anyway, no. I go find bees in the people that have been in the business, <laughs> business for almost 49 years. So it's looking at five people that have been in it for a long time that have all this history. Yeah. They bring back these products. What were the products that are, are, do we know, you know, people, they know where we had a 125 mortgage, 125% oh, LTV mortgage. I know. I I know. We well, remember. I was telling they,
1: people about a gem and a jippum.
2: Yeah, a gem, right, a gem and a, yeah. <laughs> and a
1: right? And we were talking about you know sell, builder seller builder subsidies, and I said yes. you know that's where I'd go today. And so now they're popping back up again as you know seller subsidies. But most people don't understand what a three two one and two two one yep. and one one, one buy down is. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I think so. Pre-payment I think the most, I think the most important thing: prepayment penalties. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many things that you can learn from. History repeats itself. Yeah. Certainly in this business, it's a mm-hmm. cyclical business. Go back and learn. And keep yourself up to date on the new things, the technology advances and what you have as advantage. Don't lose the sense of history of the programs are there. That's, that's what I would say. the number one common denominator, of someone's continually being successful, they're always learning and reinventing themselves.
1: Always. Yeah. Always, always be learning. And I, you know, and I know you, so let me ask, let me ask you this, you know, because you're a learner and I was going to say for myself too, you know, I have three coaches, I have yeah. a mentor. I'm in four masterminds. I'm that's constantly that's- right? I'm constantly learning too, making keeping myself relevant. I have a mortgage company. So that I can stay relevant with mm-hmm. my clients, uh, I don't do anything in it anymore. <laughs> but but I have a mortgage company so that I can stay relevant with everyone, and and that's intentional. And is that hard work? Yes. And do I have to file forms and stuff? Sure. But I love doing it because it keeps me top of um, t- it keeps me top of mind of what's happening in the marketplace. I can talk circles around mortgage backed securities and what's going on with inflation and all that. Make sure you do that, but I imagine you have the same same type of you
2: know
1: community you surround yourself with.
2: Yeah, I I surround myself with some of the best coaches. I'm listening to coaches. I mean, Alan Mulally right now. He's there's a book called The American Icon. It's about Alan Mulally. He was at Boeing. It's announced. It's a must read for anybody uh, out there in the marketplace. Do you know what his hourly rate is, Jen? What? I know I charge on my hourly rate. Yeah, it's I, I like pricing myself up there as one of the most expensive. Do you ever ask a heart surgeon how much do you charge? No, you go how many have you done and how good are you? So I don't mind right. being known as the most expensive consultant. I've heard what he charges. He charges two hundred thousand dollars an hour. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And
1: what's it's, it called? The American what?
2: The American Icon. It's a story. I, of- I want to.
1: I'll put the link in. That's why I'm writing.
2: Yeah, it is, it, it, Alan Mulally, it's written by Bryce Hoffman. It's a great book, and it really talks about, here's the thing that I like about that, and while I think it's a relevant book for this day and age. It talks about when Alan Mulally was recruited away from Boeing, which he turned around, did a masterful job, and they brought him into Ford, and they brought him into Ford, and just ahead of, to turn it around, they were losing money, and all that he went through, but they went through the financial crisis and all the things that he had. They came out, they're the only... Automaker that didn't take a bailout from the federal government. Yeah. And it's the principles that are in that book. We're going, we're going through some tough times in our industry. There's no question about it. We got more regulation. We got more people looking over our shoulders. It's more of a challenging environment. So I love finding inspiring books. Yeah. And that are around. So I draw that. I also draw from conversations. I listen to your podcast because I want to know what's going on. You represent your tribe, your people—that really, really well. And as a guy who consults to the owners and CEOs of, of the of companies, now you're a business owner as well, which I applaud you for because you have someone else running it all. You stay in your sweet spot and what you love and your passion. Yeah. I think that's just outstanding. But I think what the most important thing is that people continue to surround themselves and learn. It's the number one trait that I keep coming back to. So I listen. To, I'm a, I'm a part of three masterminds, uh, and I I also run masterminds. If there's yeah, not I one, that so I go like, start a- them. I I, I I know, and I think it's so important. You go yeah. like, well, I'd like to get to know people. We'll start a podcast. I started my podcast 14 years ago, and I was scared out of my mind. What am I going to talk about? And yeah. someone said, well, why don't you interview people? When I got into the interviewing like you do, and you can find out, you had developed this whole community of people that are eager to share your ideas. So start a podcast start a mastermind if you can't find one that meets with. Yeah. What- well,
1: and that's what I did. You know, when I was a loan officer, we had met, we had a mastermind. We met every single month. You know, I had a, a group of advisors and, you know, different people from different businesses that came in. It was like a mini B and I, except it wasn't oh. referral tossing. It was helping, helping. And, you know,
2: and well, I. Well, so, we're, we're going to pick this up. So this is a teaser. This is a segue. I mean, a, a segue into my podcast. When I'm going to be interviewing you next week for my podcast. We're going to talk on this because what you do, the mastermind, how you are, are setting yourself up with coaches. I think that's what we're going to pick up this interview. We're just going to continue down, but we're going to move it over to my <laughs> podcast because I think this is what you do brilliantly, Jen. And I, I want people to understand how is it done? With whom is it done? What is yeah. the schedule in which it's done? Who runs the agenda is yeah. all the practical process as part of it. So
1: oh there is and and you know it's such a loose word that's used now is oh I have a mastermind a mastermind but I am I am a certified mastermind leader.
0: Wow. And we
1: follow a specific guideline and plan that was, you know, cre- established by the National Mastermind Association and okay. I think that, you know, and again, this is an example of learning. It's not just, oh, well, I think I'll throw together a mastermind. It was, well, what is entailed? What should I be doing? Are there certifications? Let me go get one, that's you really know? Good. And and that's really all about, about learning again. That's the same thing, you yeah, know, we, that, that is so important.
2: So I'm I, have to, one, I have I'm one. I'm ready to flip the microphone and start interviewing you. Right, <laughs> we'll
1: just pause this and then start <laughs> we'll, it again. Right into we'll
2: that one. Interview <laughs> yeah. You said you it. had one more question. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you were walking into a company now, because there's a lot of shifting going in in the higher echelon as well, I'm noticing if you are walking into a a new company and let's say you're walking in as a regional manager, as a, you know, probably not a branch, maybe a branch manager too, but a regional manager for Mm -hmm. a sale, you know, sales team um, for a couple of branches and stuff. What would be some of those, the things that you would say to do and not do? in this environment? Because everyone feels beaten up, right? Everyone's saying, we need more numbers. We need more numbers. You gotta go get out there and get to the street. How would you position yourself?
2: This is one of my favorite topics because it's basically how do you interview your future boss? And Mm -hmm. I think it's really asking the right questions. The first thing I know is you wanna make sure you're aligning your, your mission, vision, and values is aligned with there, So I go right into that. I always flip the interview right around. Any that's years ago, I've owned companies now for decades and decades. But when I was interviewing, I always flip it around. I said, well, that's great, I'll answer that question, but tell me about this. And I, they almost I, it got to the point where I found myself interviewing them. And I would really make sure there's good alignment for me because it's, yeah. my, and if you come home as a working, as a spouse or a dad and you're coming home and you're not in the right environment, you want to get the kit, Kick the cat, the dog, and right
1: yell at everybody. Rump
2: and yell at everybody. Who wants that kind of dad to come home? Yeah. Or that kind of wife to come home or spouse. You, you want to be able to find out that you're lining up. I always look at it. This I want to make sure that there's good alignment so that I'm operating in my strength, they're operating in their strength. We sure they complement each other. So when I come home, if I've had a great, great day and I Uh, There's Six Working Geniuses by Patrick Lencioni. Google that. We'll put the link. I'll provide that link. Find out to make sure you're working in the two top working geniuses. There's working two working geniuses, two working competencies, and two working frustrations. Don't be working in your working frustration. If they require you to work in your working frustration, you're going to come home and be a grumpy, a miserable person to live with. If you're working and they want you to work in your working genius, you're going to do so well. And you come home every day. This is the best day, best job ever, because I'm <laughs> getting to do right. what I'm designed and wired and created to
0: do. I so, love that's- that.
1: so let's take that one step further. Okay. So we're going to extend this a little bit here. Sorry, but we, we will close up here in a second, but um, we want to extend, I want to extend that a little further. Now you have your position. How do you position yourself with the team?
2: Ah, uh, that's really good. then then I come in as I listen. The most important part, if you are responsible for a team, don't talk, don't tell, listen. It yeah. should be asking the right questions. The art of asking Jen the right questions is the most misunderstood, underrated, part of being a good leader. It's you must ask the right question rather than put out what you believe. It's so easy, especially new leaders. They go in there, I need to establish my leadership. I need to come out there and tell everybody what I am about and all that. No. Find out what they're about, find out everything about them. And in so doing, you can find a way to, to, oh, I love that value, I share that value. But find out about the people that you're leading. Take the time to learn. Again, we're talking about learning common denominator, learning about the people that you're coming in
1: yeah, it's do. almost interviewing them all over again, but in a in a different. I mean, it's definitely a different facet. But you know, what do they like about this job? What do they not like about this job? What would they change? Why have they stayed? You know, what are they hoping is going to happen? What could they? You know, what would what do they wish someone would listen to them about? You know, if they had an idea. I mean, I think that that's you know really critical. I love it. Well, I know we could talk forever.
0: You could. I got a feeling
2: you could because we
1: are old mortgage people. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't, have, don't we
2: look good though don't we still look good
1: yeah, oh we I mean, look great i love it i love it. it's it been good to us it's been good to us there's no good. question about I it love it's, it's, i love it i love you have you know you're just a, it's not even a bucket it's like a trunk full of knowledge you know and little nuggets that you can you know you look in you open this big old trunk not, and not that is you just open this trunk up and you're like oh look at all this treasure look at this look at that look at these great things there's so many pieces in there that you you're sharing and it's just been a pleasure to interview you today.
2: That's been a joy. I can't Thank wait you. to have you on my podcast here Thank next you. week. And we'll share that one out. I think it's most important. The reason I'm number one, most excited and encourage people in this industry is it's the most, one of the most transformative things you can do for people's lives by getting them into a home and getting it into a home successfully. That's why I love this business, Jen. I love what you're doing to foster that. Thank you for your contribution to this industry being one of the Mm -hmm. best industries you can work for. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. So everyone, thank you so much for listening in. Take a quick second to just... Use that thumb to scroll down to the bottom and give us a great five star rating and write us a great yeah. review. Something wonderful about David what you heard here, what maybe what you learned in this podcast. We hope that you have done that. And uh, if we went too fast for you and and he was laying down too many great treasuring you know treasure gifts and nuggets, then go back and listen to it at half speed have fun (laughs) with it. But I thank you so much for listening in and we look forward to talking to you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Go make it a
0: great day. Bye, David.
2: Thank you, Jen. Appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.